שלום, you are listening to On Israel, the weekly Almonitor podcast brought to you from Tel Aviv. I'm Ben Kaspit. We will be talking today about cyber intelligence and the coronavirus. Some 2,000 cybersecurity experts, industry leaders, investors, academics, and diplomats took part in recent days in Cyber Week, an annual international conference head, held by Tel Aviv University's Cyber Research Center and the government's National Cyber Directorate. For the first time in almost a decade, the event was held online this year and included lectures and workshops by some 90 top-tier cybersecurity experts from around the world. Also this week, the Times of London reported that Hamas has been running a secret cyber unit out of Turkey for the past two years without President Erdogan's knowledge. According to this report, the unit is supposed to conduct cyber warfare against the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah, against the embassies of Saudi Arabia and Emirates, and also to try and identify Hamas members who collaborate with the enemy. Israel is believed to be one of the world's top five cyber powers in terms of its uh, sophistication and reach. Our guest today could be described as Mr. Israel Cyber, but that is only one of the numerous hats he wears. Reserve General Isaac Itzik Ben Israel is a scientist, an intelligence expert, and former head of Israel's Defense Research and Development Directorate. He took part in the planning of Operation Opera, the 1981 Israel Air Force raid that destroyed Iraq's nuclear reactor. He chaired the National Council of Civilian Research and Development and has served since 2005 as chair of Israel's space agency. In 2011, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu appointed him to develop Israel's cybersecurity policy, an initiative that evolved into the state's National Cyber Directorate. He is a two-time winner of the Israel Defense Prize and has uh, he served on the board of research, science, and cyber institutions around the world. We will speak with him about Cyber Week, about cyber threats, about uh, possible cooperation on cyber issues with the Gulf states that have just signed normalization agreements with Israel, and also about the reported Hamas cyber warfare. Finally, we will ask him a question or two about the coronavirus based on his extensive analysis of the spread of the disease and his recommendations on containing it. General Professor Yitzhak Ben Israel will be with us right after this short commercial break. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon El Monitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform, On Israel with Ben Caspit and On the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. 
You're listening to On Israel, the weekly Almonica podcast from Tel Aviv, and we say now shalom to General Professor Yitzhak Itzik Ben Israel. Shalom, Itzik, how are you? Thanks. Uh, shalom to you. Uh, you just uh, finished uh, successfully the annual uh, cyber conference from uh, here from Tel Aviv. It is a, a, a Tel Aviv University project with the governmental cyber uh, directorate. What can you tell us about this conference? It, I think it's the 10th conference and the first time it, it was held digitally uh, without uh, people attending physically. Was it successful? Yes, well, we started, as you said, those conferences 10 years ago. Before, by the way, before uh, we established the National Cyber Directorate, And we thought we will celebrate the 10th anniversary. You know, uh, last year we had uh, something close to 10,000 people coming from 80 different countries all over the world. But unfortunately, due to the COVID-19, this one was uh, the first Cyber Week conference online. Um, uh, it's not uh, as big and as um, noisy as the physical one. We had only 2,000 participants, but even uh, if I compare it to other uh, online uh, uh, conferences, still it, I think we could see it as a big success. More than 90 different experts from all over the world spoke about uh, all the aspects of so-called cyber uh, technology. Um, uh, and uh, attend, uh, the people attended uh, those uh, lectures, and we had also, you know, uh, personal meetings, uh, business to business meetings, etc. cetera. Uh, relative to online conferences, it's still uh, considered to be a, a very successful one. Is it true to say or to define Israel as a, as a cyber superpower? Where, where this came from? How can you define the Israeli a, a, a unique abilities in this, uh, in this field? Well, as you know, Israel is not the first country in the world that started using cyber technology. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it, uh, there were not many, but uh, something around almost 10 countries in the world that started using cyber technology 10 years ago. Uh, sorry, 40 years ago, in the 80s, the beginning of the 80s, because at the beginning of the 80s, people started storing information in, in computerized media, uh, not in uh, physical files. And more than this, in the beginning of the 80s, um, uh, telephones uh, hubs um, uh, were slowly converted from mechanical hubs to computer servers. Therefore, intelligence services and, and I emphasize the word intelligence or defense services, uh, in order to uh, fulfill their main task, that is getting information on the other side, and no other option in, in the 80s, beginning of the 80s, but to find a way to hack into computers and to take the information stored there. Uh, and, and Israel was one of them, and we were not the first. What we were the first to do is to take the whole issue, and this happened only in 2010, take it and make it a legitimate subject for a civilian 
various fields of our life uh, for, for science, research, um, uh, economy, uh, including defense. We were not the first one to invent cyber technology, but the first one maybe to take it out of the closet in a way. And this we did in 2010, after um, the uh, famous attack on the Iranian uh, centrifuges, on the Iranian uranium enrichment centrifuges. Um, because of uh, this attack, the attack uh, 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 attracted the imagination of the whole global media, and suddenly, in one day, the word cyber that until that time was known only to very few experts, usually behind the walls of secrecy of uh, defense and intelligence, suddenly the word cyber became one of the most spoken words in the world, and everyone started speaking about cyber, which increased a lot the uh, number of attacks uh, worldwide. And then I was called by the prime minister, this was 2010, and he asked me uh, what the Israeli government should do in order to meet uh, the coming threat, the next wave, the expected next wave of cyber attacks against Israel. This is how we started, and we decided on the spot that we will not uh, treat it as a pure technology that is uh, thinking only about technological solutions to uh, cyber threats, but we will make it a, a kind of overall occupation for the whole society, and that is uh, for industry, for academy, for uh, government, uh, you name it. Uh, that's how it started, and many times in high tech, when you start something, then uh, you, you create for yourself a kind of uh, advantage that uh, until the rest, you know, uh, close this gap, you are, uh, uh, you are already one step ahead and, and therefore you create an advantage that may sustain for many years. That's why Israel uh, is considered to be one of the top uh, countries in the world. And it's not only subjectively, I mean, there are certain numbers, I'll give you a few. If you take, for example, the overall cyber, the global market for defensive cyber uh, technology. If you take the global market and you ask yourself, uh, how much of it, what is the share of Israel in this? How much the Israeli export of cyber defensive uh, technologies, uh, how, how much it, what, how much it, it is in relative terms uh, from the uh, overall uh, global market, it's close to 10%. And what is more impressive perhaps, if you take only the investment that go to business sector, uh, not, not to the governments uh, by, by themselves, if you take the global investment uh, of business sector, uh, the, uh, in 2019, something like 20% of it went to Israel, 2020, we have uh, numbers only for half a year. It's, it raised uh, to 29%. And, and the Israel is not, as you know, not 10, not 20, not 30% of the uh, world. Yeah. We are uh, not even 0.1%. It's very interesting because just, uh, I didn't think about it, uh, that the stuck net uh, worm 
that was planted allegedly in the Iranian centrifuges infrastructures. Uh, by the way, foreign media uh, said it was a joint venture of Israel and the CIA. This was actually the watershed of the cyber revolution that uh, you took a personal role in, in conducting in Israel. And I understand from the figures you just gave us, it was a very uh, successful revolution. What can you tell us, Professor Ben Israel, about the threats, the, the threats that we have nowadays uh, globally and uh, especially uh, on Israel that you know, is surrounded by uh, not so many enemies like before, but we don't have, we have enough enemies in this cyber field and do we, do we meet those threats? Do we have answers to them? Okay, this is a, a quite a good question. Uh, the same question, by the way, was asked by the prime minister 10 years ago in 2010 when he appointed me to lead this uh, task force that uh, at the end uh, submitted, end of the day submitted uh, the uh, five-year plan for the government uh, uh, and, and, and he said something like you just said. He said, take a group of experts and try to predict the coming threats, let's say in the next five years, and then uh, what uh, solutions can be uh, found against this. Uh, each solution has uh, some advantages, disadvantages, different costs, etc. And And then come with a five-year plan uh, for the government. And I told him on the spot, and I'm telling it you now, that no one can predict cyber threats, let's say three years ahead or four or five years ahead. Because unlike human life, in which one generation is something like 30 years, in, in cyber technology, one generation is close to one year. So if you ask me to predict the threats that will emerge three years from now, you ask me to predict what will happen three generations from now in, in cyber technology. Three generations, no one can do it. It's like trying to predict human life 100 years from now. Of course, you, you, you won't even try to do it. Um, uh, the, it is possible that uh, while we are speaking now, someone is coming with a new idea uh, that no one, even himself, no one thought about until today, and unlike other technologies, uh, in, a, in a matter of few months or one year, we will already meet it as a real uh, threat applied against us. Uh, this can happen only in computer technology, and, and many times I tell my, my uh, listener that, that uh, cyber uh, threat really, cyber threat technology really is the dark side of computer technology. Uh, we, we develop computers for the benefit of society to make our life more uh, um, efficient, faster, etc. But unknowingly, we create by this a dependence on, on uh, computers. And by creating dependence, we create weak points that can be used or abused by the bad guys. And the bad guys may be sometimes simple criminals, sometimes different ideological groups, sometimes terrorists, sometimes hostile countries, you name it. Now, the problem is, and this brings me back to uh, the 2010 story, the problem is that not every country in the world is vulnerable to cyber attacks. 
Uh, in order to be vulnerable to cyber attack, you need to have a very developed computerized control in your country. You cannot attack with uh, cyber malware, malignant uh, software, you cannot attack a piece of sand or any system which is controlled uh, manually by human beings. It's, it's an interesting paradox because as, as developed as you are, so you'll be vulnerable to, uh, to cyber threats. Uh, if you're not a developed country, like you said, yeah. sand and desert, you can, you can sleep uh, peacefully. Yes, in, in uh, nine, before the end of the uh, year 2000, I wrote a letter, I was still then wearing uniforms, and head of the uh, R&D directorate of the Ministry of Defense and the Israeli Defense Forces. I wrote a letter to the Minister of Defense who was also the Prime Minister, and I told him that one day, one day, everyone will understand the potential of cyber attacks. And this day, in one day, our uh, big relative advantage that we had then will turn into a huge disadvantage because unlike most of our enemies in the Middle East, we are very much uh, uh, controlled by computers, power production, water supply, uh, the transportation, you name it. Almost every system in Israel is uh, controlled by computers and one can use the same technology, as I say, to uh, cause uh, problems or to kill certain important uh, critical infrastructure. Uh, and, and when the prime minister, uh, when prime minister, another prime minister called me in 2010, he showed me this letter, which was 12 years old, and he said, you said one day, this is the day. Today is the day. Oh, it's fascinating. And, it's and this is, as you said, paradoxical. Yeah. I still want to, uh, to let you tell me something about the conference. I understood uh, you had held something called the Global Cyber Cabinet. And also I learned that uh, you had a representative uh, from the United Arab Emirates, Dr. Mohammed Al-Kuwaiti. What can you tell us about this uh, Global Cabinet? Yeah, the Cyber Week conference, usually physically or online, doesn't matter. We do it together with the Israeli National Cyber Directorate. Now, one of the sessions there is what nowadays we call the Global Cyber Cabinet. It is a session which is close to the media and therefore, I, I apologize. I will I can I will not tell you details uh, uh, of what was said there. In we, the session is is uh, held. Uh, the participants are uh, the parallel of our uh, director of the National Cyber Israeli National Cyber Directorate. The, 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 these are uh, directors of national cyber organizations in different countries. Um, uh, uh, some of them are uh, our, I would say, usual allies like the USA, European countries like, like uh, Germany and France and, uh, and, and of course Canada and, you know, and Australia and New Zealand, you know, they're all the, yeah. what we call uh, um, like-minded um, uh, countries in the world. This year um, we had a kind of uh, uh, Innovate, inno, innovation, the, one of the participants 
was the head of the cyber, um, uh, national cyber uh, 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 office uh, in the in the UAE, uh, Dr. Muhammad Al Kuwait, and 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 uh, we we talked about a global cooperation. I mean, how can we uh, all the countries? How can we? What what can we do in a way to help each other? Because you know that that cyber attacks really have no borders. I mean, you don't have to be present in the same territory that you attack in order to attack it. You can you sit in- don't, You don't need boots on the ground. You don't need boots on the ground. Uh, you sit in one uh, point uh, on the globe and you send your malware, your viruses through the network uh, all over the world. And at the end, you reach your target. You don't need to be physically close to the target. And this means, among other things, that uh, we have somehow, we, I mean, all the uh, um, like-minded countries in the world cooperate and share information and do something to help each other. Otherwise, we will all suffer from it. And this was the, this I can tell you, this was the topic of the conversation, but unfortunately, I, I cannot reveal more Details. Next time I'll ask harder questions. Uh, uh, Professor Ben Israel, uh, I think last question about cyber. We just heard uh, on Friday or, or, or Thursday uh, of last week, the Times of London uh, uh, published a, a, a feature uh, claiming that uh, Hamas uh, held a, a cyber uh, attack unit in, uh, from Turkey without the knowledge of President Erdogan. Uh, they were was allegedly target, targeting uh, Saudi uh, targets or a, a, a PA, a Palestinian uh, Ramallah targets, or even even uh, trying to get uh, traitors among themselves. And and I I want to mention as well that uh, we had a few a few cyber fights with Iran in the last year. Uh, they tried to to hurt our water infrastructures. Here, and uh, according to foreign media, we crippled the biggest port, uh, military seaport, Bandar Abbas in Iran. Do you think that we, we still enjoy a, a, a qualitative uh, edge and advantage uh, on, uh, on, on our enemies? Yeah, well, the, let, let me say a few different things about what you just said. First of all, as I said before, cyber attacks have no border. Therefore, you don't necessarily have to sit in this place or that place in order to launch an attack against, let's say, a third country. Um, uh, and therefore, if uh, this uh, um, cell of the Hamas uh, worked from Turkey or it may be a different country, it doesn't matter uh, um, so much as long as they don't cooperate with the government, of course. This is a different story. Uh, secondly, I, I would uh, say that if, if you ask me about the relative strengths of uh, different groups and different enemies of Israel, starting from states and going down to terrorist groups, uh, the relative strengths um, uh, comparing to the cyber power and capabilities of Israel, uh, I would say two things about it. Uh, 
first, uh, it's usually uh, the power, it is believed, and I believe it too, that the cyber power of Israel is much, much bigger, much stronger than our um, enemies. Uh, if you take the first top five leading countries in the world, usually uh, you ask experts, they will tell you that the top five are uh, not necessarily by this order. Uh, the USA, Russia, uh, UK, China, and Israel. And then if you ask who are in the second class, you get another 10 countries uh, like France and others. If you ask who are in the third class, only then third or fourth class, uh, you find countries like Iran or um, Hamas organizations, etc., big organizations. So uh, in these terms, uh, we are much stronger. On the other hand, you don't need, uh, you know, it, it's cyber attacks are very um, uh, tailored to, to sensitive targets. And, and, the, and, and Israel is one of the most attacked countries in the world. I mean, every minute that we are now speaking, there are hundreds of attacks against the uh, computer-controlled system in Israel. Uh, some of them sometimes reach also the media, like the one a few months ago that you mentioned, the attack against the uh, water supply in, the, uh, in Israel, and uh, uh, the alleged uh, counterattack on, on, uh, uh, at the port in Iran. Um, um, uh, but let me say something very important. Uh, we are now more than 10 years in active cyber warfare between us and our uh, and, and the different groups that don't like us. Uh, until now, and I have to knock on the wood, until now, there was not even one uh, big scale attack against Israel, which really uh, was successful. And this is because, as I told you, uh, we were one of the first in the world. Actually, we decided already in 2002 to form a kind of national uh, uh, unit that will protect, at that time it was only critical infrastructure. In 2010, as I said, we extended it to the whole cyberspace, including the civilian space. Uh, a, a national level protection of um, uh, against the cyber attacks, and and uh, and until now we uh, we uh, you know all the big attacks that you read about every day in the in the media they all in a way jump over our head. Of course, it's not it's not because no one would like to attack us or or because uh, we are lucky, but because. Uh, we started many years ago, many years ago, uh, building the right measures to meet those threats. I want still to, to, to ask you another one uh, last question. We are out of time, but I cannot uh, finish this podcast without talking about AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah. You told me in a previous conversation, this is, this is the really next generation of uh, the whole cyber industry. Can you say something about it? Yes, uh, we, we, we were among the first countries in the world 
to use uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence algorithms to protect our uh, networks from cyber attacks. This was uh, introduced uh, more than five years ago because we wanted to, uh, to lessen the uh, uh, interference of, uh, uh, in, in the privacy of, uh, of, uh, of uh, our citizens. The classical way of detecting malware in the network was to, to catch uh, certain uh, series of bits, to decode the bits, go to the level of content, and then if it is an uh, innocent email between two persons, you can, you can uh, disregard it. If it, is, if it carries uh, malware, then you have to do something. But by doing it, you hurt the privacy of your own citizens. Uh, one of the ways that we thought to, to uh, I wouldn't say to eliminate, but to lessen the conflict between uh, security on one hand and privacy on the other hand, was to use machine learning that we look on the traffic, on, on, the, on the beats without going to the level of content and, sus and, and, and detect what we call anomalies, uh, suspicious behavior of certain series of beats. And, and, uh, and, but then the, the bad guys, they found that we are using uh, uh, machines that learn in order to protect our uh, cyberspace. They started to use uh, 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 another AI machines that learn the way that our machines are working in order to deceive our machines. So now we develop the uh, VS, uh, the AI VS, AI VS AI, the, the third layer, and it may go uh, forever. Nevertheless, we came to the conclusion that the next step uh, uh, in this digital revolution should be the AI revolution. And therefore, two years ago, uh, the prime minister uh, appointed uh, me again, me, and at this time also, um, a professor, um, another professor from Tel Aviv University, Eviatar Matania, who was for the first six years the director of the National Cyber Directorate of Israel. Um, and we too were asked by the Prime Minister to repeat uh, the same exercise that I did uh, 10 years ago, but this time uh, around artificial intelligence with the goal of making Israel one of the top five countries in the world, uh, but this time in artificial intelligence uh, uh, technology and not cyber technology. Professor Ben Israel, I cannot hold myself and uh, not ask you a question. You have 30 seconds to answer, but isn't it dangerous? Don't you fear that one day artificial intelligence will take over human intelligence? You know, people uh, started developing technology since the invention of agriculture. This was 10,000 years ago, 12,000 years ago. And in parallel to this, started to be worried about the future and the influence of technology on our life. Uh, when, when cars, normal cars were introduced uh, in, in America, a uh, little bit more than 100 years ago, uh, people thought that uh, someone should walk in front of the car with, with uh, 
um, a bell warning people that uh, uh, they may be uh, drove by the cars that are coming after him. People are always afraid. And of course, uh, we should be worried, but, but to a certain, the, the right extent. It's, it's, if we will be too much worried, we will still stay in caves. If we will have no worries, we may destroy our universe. Uh, you have to find the right balance and the right uh, uh, point of work. Professor General Yitzhak Ben Israel, it was fascinating. I thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, in All Israel. We'll take now a short break and be right after uh, with some uh, closing remarks. Todarabad, thanks, uh, Professor Ben Israel. Thank you. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of the award-winning media news site, El Monitor, where we cover the Middle East with some of the best reporters and columnists anywhere. And I'm excited to announce our new podcast, On the Middle East, where each week I will interview newsmakers from the U.S. and the region about the latest news and trends with additional commentary from our on-the-ground correspondents. Those of you who follow the region know that what happens in the Middle East doesn't stay in the Middle East. And to cite another great movie line, every time the U.S. tries to get out, the region pulls us back. Your time is valuable, so let me promise you this. You will learn something and you will never be bored because each week we'll be talking with and listening to those leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in this critical and fascinating region. So please subscribe to On the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Thank you for staying with us. This was a very interesting conversation with Mr. Cyber Israel, and if I can summarize it, first, uh, Professor General Ben Israel said that uh, he cannot predict threats in the cyber technology because each year is a cyber technology in a generation. Three years from now is three generations, and it's just impossible to predict any threats. He said that the cyber threat uh, technology is the dark side of the computer technology. The, the dependence, the, the overwhelming dependence of all of us on computer technology makes us uh, very vulnerable to, to cyber threats. And the paradox is that as, as developed as you are, you are more uh, uh, vulnerable to cyber threats. And if you're not a developed country, a desert country, so you are you can sleep uh, peacefully. Professor Ben Israel uh, stated that uh, Israel's cyber power is much stronger than its enemies. He con- included Israel in the top five uh, group of uh, cyber superpowers: United States, Russia, UK, China, and Israel. The closest enemy of Israel will be on the third level, the third class of uh, of these groups. And uh, he said also that Israel is one of the most cyber attacked uh, states in the world. Every minute Israel is attacked by a cyber uh, guy from here or there. And uh, but he knocked on wood and said in uh, the last 10 years, uh, there was no cyber warfare or attack against Israel that was successful. It means that uh, Israel did not suffer any losses 
uh, in this field and uh, we all hope it will stay so and we also hope that you enjoyed uh, this conversation. We will see you here next time, next Monday in On Israel, in Al Monitor. I'm Ben Kaspit. Take care. Thank you.